Good evening. So, actually, we're just looking at a topic. Tonight is a really important topic. You know, it's an interesting thing in life that often we go through life and we don't know uh, the value of what we do. Now, in, in general, um, actually, I was asked to be on some kind of panel today, which I'm probably going to do. Uh, with at the JCC, which is with some secular things, but the future of Judaism. I wouldn't go on a panel if it would be a religious topic, but it's like the future of Judaism. And I, the reason I'm going to do it is because it's going to let me talk to a lot of Jews who will never hear or, or from Orthodox or Rabbi otherwise. And you know what the future of Judaism is? Well, if you don't connect to Torah mitzvahs, there is no future. I, you know, I'll say I'll finesse it a lot more when I talk to that secular crowd. But, you know, the greatest loss today for Jews is Jews not knowing the value of Judaism. You know why people intermarry? They don't appreciate Judaism. If you appreciate something, you don't lose it. You don't give it up. If, if I told you that the most valuable thing in your, your life is Judaism... You would treat it differently. But if it's just your culture, your background, your heritage, I don't like that word heritage. You know why I don't like it? Because it's not relevant. <laughs> it's previous. I mean, we, Judaism is our heritage, but it's a lot more than that. It's life. <laughs> it's fuch it life. It's life. It's 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 the essence of what we're in this world for. And you know, a lot of things we do, whether it's a man studying Torah a woman, the way she acts, addresses her teachers, I mean, or davening, if we would appreciate davening, prayer, woo! You want to work on your prayer? First thing you need to know is how valuable prayer is. So there's so many things in life that we don't know the value of. We don't know know the value of it. And therefore, we squander. I mentioned uh, several months ago when we were learning this about time. Time is the most precious possession we have. You know, time is so... We, you know, it, a fact is, every second that we live, we die, right? We lose cells every second of our lives. We, time is such a precious commodity. You could, we, we could make our time eternal, or we could squander our time. We could waste time. Kill time! You hear that term, kill time? You're killing yourself. Kill time? So we discuss it. Today we're going to talk about a topic. And I mentioned this because we don't appreciate the, the value of this topic enough. Uh, and, and therefore, um, unfortunately, we don't maximize uh, what we should do in this. And that is a serious, I mean super serious topic of Chil Hashem, desecrating the name of Hashem. Because um, the next thing the Ramchal mentions is that we have to distance ourselves from Chilol Hashem, from desecrating the name of Hashem. Says the Ramchal, Anfei Chilol Hashem, the offshoots of desecrating the name of God is Rabim Ugadalim. Now the Rambam, Maimonides, says that the worst sin, the worst sin, that a person could do on this world, the most damaging sin is to desecrate the name of Hashem. The Alam says that if a person does tshuva for most things, either during the, right immediately, or Yom Kippur, 
or in certain circumstances through difficulties, a person could be atoned. But as a general rule, desecrating the name of God, atonement's only upon death, full atonement. There are ways to fix it, which we will get to tonight. But as a general rule, the Amos is the most severe sin. You know why? Because if you desecrate the name of God, and, and obviously, conversely, um, Kiddush Hashem, sanctifying the name of God, is the greatest mitzvah. Because if you desecrate the name of God, you take, what is it? What does the desecrate the name of God do? You take Hashem out of the world. Kiddush Hashem sanctifies the world. You know, what, what does Chilol mean? What does Chilol mean? What's Chilol? Empty. Empty. You, you empty the world from Hashem. You desecrate the name of Hashem. There's less Hashem in this world. Who desecrates the name of Hashem? People, there's an expectation that they're godly. Right? Which means that the more observant a person is, the more that's on the line. Because people will look at you <laughs> as a representative of God. And if you, if a person desecrates that, then all... You know how many times I'm, I'm a rabbi? So I'm, I'm, I'm a rabbi in the cross currents too. It's not like I'm a... You know if I'm a rabbi in Lakewood, New Jersey? Okay, so I would see... In Silicon Valley, you get to see and hear everyone's... You know, in my office today, I have a guy telling me how he went to his Mexican wife's, you know, house for, for January 1st weekend. You know, yeah, this is a, you know what, so you know how many times I hear the following thing? I can't be, I don't believe in God, because look at these people. Like, well, look what they do. And usually, and I happily point this out, their excuses. But, it, it, but the truth is, when you see people do ungodly things, it takes away God in this one. You, people do godly things. So I'm saying, if you realize that you're an ambassador from God, if you're a bad ambassador, you represent your country incorrectly. If you're an Orthodox Jew, and there's people, you know, in general today in America, unfortunately, um, the power of the press is dominated, dominated by secular folk, many of them who are, who are anti God, period. Dominated. Uh, you know, I saw a statistic that the, because it doesn't say this all, I don't think it's mutually exclusive, that there are 15 times as many liberal, liberal professors than conservative, 15 times in universities, liberal versus conservative, and typically there's some kind of religious overlap on that, and six times as many journalists who are liberals versus conservatives in the United States of America. That's a lot of power of the press over there and power of minds. Well, a lot of that, you know, is, uh, is anti, anti-religious. So if they have a way to say religious people are bad, they'll do that. You know why they'll do that? Because what happens when the rabbi or the clergy person or religious person gets caught for doing something wrong? Then religion's worthless. That's really what they're saying, you know. It's their bunch of phonies. It's worthless. It allows a person to justify their own lifestyle. Right? It says, ah, oh, they're no better than I am. It's worthless. I-, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. Now, it happens to be, it's a fake argument on many levels, but it's, it's an emotional argument. And, if I'm, and, and it would affect all of us. I'm going to give you... I'm gonna give you 
example, which, un which is unfortunate. I've heard more than once, but thank God not too many, persons either physically, sexually, or was emotionally abused by uh, a religious Jew. And the person was religious. What's the reaction? Anti-religious. Religion is bad, right? Why is religion bad? You don't it's think this one person did. This, right. Uh, you don't think that anyone who's not religious does that? In fact, the statistics are much lower. But at the end of the day, I mean, not much, they're lower. At the end of the day, you know, what does that have to do with, this guy's a pervert. This guy's abusive. I mean, what does that have to But that's how people react, right? I mean, I will talk more about that. But the Ram says that Chilul Hashem is the worst of era. You know, we think, I just gave you a ca case of abuse. What happens if, well, we'll get to things as we go. It's the worst of it. And if a person's Kiddush Hashem, a person sanctifies the name of Hashem, that's the greatest mitzvah. You, people want to be like you. Right? People, pe people want to be like you. We're going to see, by the way, it's not just terrible things. It could be even minor things that could do this. So therefore, Anfei, we're talking about taking off all of the negativity, the toxicity of Chil Hashem. This is, this is an area, you know, I, I told someone tonight, they were asking me, I'm going, for, going somewhere for Shabbos, Gentleman, he's asking this questionable. It's someone they know who's completely religious who told them their friend is really religious. I'm like, I mean, get out of my. Get, I mean, you gonna take a chance like that? This person's trying to grow in their Judaism, is and they end up having, you know, you know. I said, I said to the person, if there's any possibility, you know, you're a shemayim, fear of God means if there's any slight possibility something could go really wrong, don't do it. Hey, if I told you. There's water and tea over here, right? There's one percent chance that that tea, one percent chance that that tea has poison when you drink it. No, of course not, right? One percent chance. Enjoy. There's no, there's no poison. You know, it's just a right? No one would do that. Why would you? Why would you sacrifice your whole Shabbos for, for something that can go wrong? Right? And, and Chil Hashem is so serious. Why? When you realize how bad it is, how awful it is to be involved in this whatsoever, then you want to stay far away from it. Ki harbe, listen to the language of the Ramchal. Ki harbe tzarech ha'adam lios chas al-kavad koino. You don't have, forget your honor. What about Hashem's honor? You're a Jewish person. You're, people look at you as religious. And by the way, religious people, I know somebody, you know, people who are they're barely religious, but they're the most religious in their family. <laughs> they're the Rabbi Robinson, you know? They're the, if you're the one who's people, when you're the most religious in your family, you are the Rabbi of the Robinson. That's how they feel you. You're the, you're the pious one. You're Hasidic because you keep kosher. You make, it makes you, you're this because, I mean, they look at you, you know. I remember someone was telling me about his brother. The person, his brother's barely religious, right? But my brother's so religious. Why is his brother so religious? Because he did more than him. You know, I wouldn't uh, call the guy very religious. He's a good person. Very religious. I wouldn't use that, that determination, but I wouldn't define that person. But people, people view that you as that. So if you view that way, you got to care about Hashem. You're an ambassador. What happens? I said this before. What happens if an ambassador insults people? Who, who is he? Who is he really? Who really looks bad? Country. The country. 
right? If the ambassador of a country goes somewhere else and insults people, it's an affront from the country itself. If, you, if, if you're a foreign minister and you visit another country and they hurt you, it's not just an insult to the foreign minister. Who's an insult? The whole country. So says the Ramchal, a, a religious Jew, a Jew needs to know that we are ambassadors. And when you're an ambassador, you better be on your best behavior. You act differently if you're an ambassador. You talk differently if you're an ambassador. And therefore, whatever you do, listen to this. You have to look and cogitate. You know what cogitate is? Contemplate, think thoroughly. So what are like practical examples? Well, they just started. Jump ahead. We'll get there. Right? Um... Right? Yeah, be very careful. Nothing bad should come. For comments. No question. Not you can't be misconstrued. You know, I, 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 sometimes I email very important people. Right? Uh, today, uh, I, 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 I was on the email with an internationally famous person. Okay? Or organization of a person. You don't think I read that email eight times before I sent it? You don't think I checked at the, the grammar and the spelling? Of course. Why? Because I'm in... It's a, isn't it? This, this person will write me like three words. Like, you know. Well, someone else will read it. And... No, but the person... They, they don't care how they speak. They, they, but I mean, if your tone's important, you take it very seriously. You don't look at it like... Why? Because you want to make a good impression. Right? You want to make a good impression. So... so and, if, and if you're on a date... If you're on a date recently... Right? I, I, call, I should have called tonight. Let me tell you something. I always tell this girl, I, you know, I'm teaching the 12th grade. I said, you go to seminar, you're on a call. People look at you, you know, it's a, you know, you're on a date, you put your best, you don't, you look, you make sure your teeth are flossed. Go, you know, go to, you know, it's, it happens to be, which is a general, this is worldly advice, never eat poppy seed bagels if you have a date that night. <laughs> but if you do do that, right, make sure to floss your teeth, you look in there, you know, it's going, you know, I, it happens to be, even in a lunch media, I wouldn't do that. You, I don't know why they make poppy seed bagels for. Like, literally, you know, some people, they walk around the rest of the day, they have a black spot on their teeth. But you know what? If you have a date, you're going to go check beforehand. You know why? Because you gotta make, you're putting your best impression. Uh, if I told you, you had a meeting with a very chasha person, you do, well, if things are important, you're conscientious about it. So when, you ha- when you're thinking, acts that we take, big and small, Will it, will it take away from the covenant of Hashem? Right? If you're an ambassador to a country and you're emailing a government officials, you better think through what you say. Right? One of the things that Mr. Trump has yet to figure out is that when you tweet, right, you better think before you tweet. Um, right? you may think before you tweet, even if... Uh, uh, I mean, I say that as somebody who, again, I'm not no secret. I like it, most of his policies, but the, I mean, sometimes you just look at his tweets and say, "What in the world is this?" Like, you know, you gotta be out of your mind. You know, think before you do certain things. Um, I'm not sure it's possible, but you know, think. Right? You can think before you write something. 
people really do. How, how does it sound? What are you doing? So says the Ramchal, before you act, the language, I'm not talking about, by the way, I'm not talking about uh, emails over here. I'm talking about how you talk to people, how you act with people, how you interact with people, how you interact with people. How is it going to be construed? Um, sh- uh, sh- so there should be no Chalashem Ukfar Shaninu, Echad Shaygeg, Echad Mezbechel Hashem. Whether it's purposeful or just lack of standard of care, it's a Chil Hashem. Right? It's, you know, people, it's funny today, people tell me, oh, it's Hal Hashem. Why is it a Chil Hashem? Some religious person, male or female, did a, a crime. Let's imagine that they didn't pay taxes, and you see a picture of them getting arrested. Okay, this person, right, who's telling me this, walks around, you know, kissing women in public, right, wearing a yarmulke and screaming and cursing, and he's worried about Chil Hashem all of a sudden. Well, if you're worried about Chil Hashem. Let's see how your lifestyle is. And that's what we're discussing right now. Of course, a person who gets arrested, that's a terrible chal Hashem. I'm not excusing that person at all. But realize one thing. If you're an ambassador, if you, the way you act is wherever you go. And what, is it, what does it mean to be ambassador of Hashem? Ambassador of Hashem means to see what your actions are, how it, it impacts people and things. This is you know, what, how people view us. Right? We are, are, do, are you a shining light to the nations? Are you a shining light to fellow Jews? Are you, you know, if you're a, a person who people look at, are you kind, and kind? Are you courteous? Are you cordial? You know, I walk by the streets, you know, people see me all the time. Trust, I, I feel, it happens to me, I'm, I'm a friendly person, typically, but you know what? If I was not friendly, in order to be if I walk by in the streets, I walk by people and say hello over here, they would think everyone with a black, you know why? Because not to make people with a black hat walk, walk, walk around. Every black hat is a wicked person. That's unfortunately how it work, the world works. Right? It would, that's what they would think. Everyone, you know, they're all, that's a, you generally, why would they think that? Because I'm an ambassador. <laughs> right? That's just the reality. That's the reality of the situation. We are ambassadors. You know, as I said in the beginning, part of our problem is we don't realize the, the importance of the things we do. We, are, we, we like, I, like I mentioned in the beginning, just like somebody who doesn't import or value Judaism could easily marry somebody who's not Jewish, to me, uh, you know, I can't imagine, I mean, I'm happily married for a long time, but I couldn't even imagine a billion years when I was dating, dating a girl who's not religious, let alone a guy. I couldn't even imagine in a billion years dating somebody who was not only not religious, someone who wasn't very religious. Why? Because to me, Torah is MF and life is valuable. I, I mean, I, to me, I was clear cut. You know, I, that was uh, not negotiable. Why was that? Because I value Torah. That was, if, I don't care if the girl was uh, a, a brilliant, beautiful, uh, Oh, so I, you know, all that. I mean, it didn't make a difference to me if they were lacking that. Those are not, the, the values. Those are not values compared to somebody who has Torah and Mitzvah, so there's clarity in that. So again, how does somebody marry someone who's not just? They don't know. They don't appreciate the value of Torah. 
of Judaism. It's not valuable to them. So if we've, we, what we need to do tonight, again, everything, you know, this is like lifting weights. I, as I've said many times, we have to take, work our way up on this. It's not, is to realize that we, part of our value in this world is to bring God into the world. You want to bring God into the world? Yeah, you realize you're an ambassador. Not just in the synagogue, not, but everyone on the street, in your house. And uh, when you email, when you talk to people, when you drive, when you drive, I, I, I don't want to, you know, when you drive. I, I'm going to be very honest, for me, I, you know, if I, I don't, I, I, if I ever have a Yitzhar to kill somebody, I don't know really, but if I ever would, it would be when I get, like, I have crazy drivers, you know, like, cutting me off, or, like, if I ever wanted to, like, just scream, I don't, you know, like, it would be someone, but you know what, 98% of the time, 98% would stop me, because I'm wearing a in the car, I'm just being very frank, you know, I think to myself, how would it look, you know, if a guy with a yarmulke is there and beeps the person who, I'm not talking about, who drives like a maniac, right, cuts you off, and like you want to educate them, right, you know, you want to teach them for the future, don't ever do that again, right, you're, you're always altruistic, you know, Right? Why would I not do it? First of all, you're in California. Yeah. But in New York, I was just driving to New York. Like, the Yates are hard to beep there. It's so immense. It's so immense. Like, it's, it's just like all around you. They're beeping. It's like, it's unbelievable. It's like unbelievable the difference in driving between the states. Uh, like, there's like, I think people don't sleep at night. They're all edgy and nervous. And happens to be a lot harder to drive there because there's triple parked cars. But, uh, and lots of people walk in the streets. But at the end of the day, no jokes aside, you know, what would stop me very often is I feel, you know, and which, which tells me something, which should tell you something, that sometimes knowing that you're an ambassador actually will help you do your job. Understand? It reinforces what you're supposed to be doing. I shouldn't be beeping for no reason anyways. I, I, I should, you know, if people say I, I smiled to make a kiddush or I gave charity to the particular. That's good, but we should have done that anyways. And if it helps you do that, that's good, right? If you, if you, if you know your your role, it's helpful for you or for us. Um, so what is what could be what could be even a chil Hashem? The Amru Chazal, Hechidami Chil Hashem, Hechidami. What is a chil Hashem? Um, Amarav. Now, Rav was the Rosh Hashiva of one of the great yeshivas of Babylonia. He was one of the greatest sages of the Talmud. So Rav said, "Kagon Ana, if someone like me, Rav, who was considered the Gadol Hador, the greatest sage of the generation, Shakilna Bisra, Vloyavina Damel Alter, if I go ahead." And I pay, I, I buy meats and don't pay right away. Right? I, I, I owe people money. I don't pay right away. So what are people going to think? The, that Rav, that big rabbi, he doesn't pay his bills. Or why am I, why do I have to wait? I gave him the meat. Why am I waiting? So he says, if I buy meat and I don't pay right away, it's a chil Hashem because people will say, look at him. How does he do that? Rabbi Yochanan, who was... Uh, the greatest sage uh, in Israel 
in the mid uh, third century. <coughs> Rabbi Yechon says, <laughs> If I go for four amos, what's four amos? Anyone have an idea how many feet that is? Six and a half feet, six and a half to seven feet. If I walk seven feet, I'm not wearing tefillin. They used to wear tefillin all day, the sages, and learning Torah. Right? Well, he's a very big person. If, I tell you the truth. If I would walk into Reb Chaim Kanievsky, everyone heard of Reb Chaim Kanievsky? He is a great sage in B'nai Brak. He's the, the biggest Talmud Chacham in the world. If I would, see Rebbe, I would, if I would walk into Reb Chaim Kanievsky and watch, look at him, walk into his office, and he'd be reading the sports page. Or looking at, yeah, yeah, what's that? he doesn't even have an internet, but if you're looking at, uh, at uh, uh, Larry Zuckerberg's site, right? I think, like, what is he, this is what he wastes his time on. Chaim Kanyeski, reading the sports page? Why would I, if I would walk into the, someone else's house and see the sports page, it would be no big deal. Because I expect more. Right. So it says the next line, everybody, according to expectation. I want to know one thing. If I would take a, a secular Israeli, she doesn't, she wears shorts and tank tops. If she would see Chaim Kanyeski's wife, with Allah Shalom. She, didn't, she wore shorts and tank top. But if she would see Rabbitson, Rabbanit Khan, Kanevsky wearing shorts and tank top, what would she think? What would that lady think? How terrible. How, why would she think it's terrible? She, she expects more. Because she expects more. Why would she think it's terrible? Because she expects more. Right? If you would see, if I, if someone, if someone, I said bring someone into my office and they would see, uh, the guy's married to a Chinese lady, you know, and his name is Mark Cohen. And he would see me eating ham. God forbid, God forbid. What do you, what would, what, he eats ham. Why would it bother him that I'm eating ham? I think, hopefully expects more from me, right? You know? Why would, right? So, a call the female Jagoso. It's what you expect of people. You think, right? This person it lives this life. Right? This person, you know, has it. What, you expect more. And therefore, says the Mkhal, like the, 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 the obligation, and I, you know, you know the problem, our problem typically is we view obligations as, oh, I, I think it's opportunity as a general rule. You know, because Kiddush Hashem is so great. Uh, it's such an unbelievable opportunity uh, to, to impact people, to, to, to better people. I know so many people that picked up their game in Judaism and it was no intellectual argument about God. It was, it was just seeing the beauty of a Shabbos home. Going to someone's house. I can't tell you how many people that I know. I know uh, uh, some of my wife studied with, who her whole family became observant. This was years ago. Because this girl experienced Shabbos. Now, what was she experiencing? She loved being around the whole atmosphere. Right? It was... The atmosphere of the families and the dynamics. That's Kiddush Hashem. Right? That's sanctified. I know so many people who are impacted positively because of people living up to it. So it's not, it sounds like, if you want, if your, your madriga should reinforce. Anyone want to be president of the United States or CEO of a company? You know, whatever it is, you, 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 there's more expectation. But you know what? There's also more opportunity. <laughs> You have more impact, right? There's more, there's more ability to do, to do great things and to, and to, and, and to help, you know, one thing, I, I, I think I said this story several years ago. It's an unbelievable, unbelievable story, but it says a lot. Um, 
the great Panavicharov. Panavicharov, she was the, one of the greatest architects, builders of Torah in Israel. He built the Panavich Yeshiva, which was for many years considered the best yeshiva in Israel. Uh, in Panavich, he built orphanages after the Holocaust. In the 1950s, he went he collected all over the world to, to, for Torah. Okay, all over the world. And, and he came to America. In the 1950s, he went to Detroit. And Detroit, Oak Park at the time, was a desert. It was a mamish, a desert. And he went to Rabbi Boxed, who, who was the Rosh Hashiva. Oak Park, yeah? It was, a, it was a Jewish desert. I'm not talking about, uh, it wasn't the Sahara. I didn't think it was, a, you know, the Sahara, you know. Um, but he went to Rabbi Box, who was, it was a great Rosh Hashiva. His son, Tezai Shiva, and he, was, he was one of the founders of the Detroit's uh, observant community. He was a Talmud of the Mir Yeshiva. He's in the 1950s, and Detroit barely had Shomer Shabbos anything then. The day school was filled with families who were not... So he said to Rebbe Box, I think 52 or 53 this happened. All right. He said to Rebbe Box, he says, who is everyone the Gemara Talmud says, everybody needs an Inish the Mistafina Mene. Everybody in life, this is an important thing, by the way, needs somebody they're scared of, somebody they're in awe of, somebody they look up to who puts them into line. So the Prophet Shurav said, I live in B'nai Brak and I have the Chazon Ish. When I see the Chazon Ish, I think about my life. I think about how I'm acting. That's my Inish to Mistafina Mene. Rebbe who do you have in Detroit? Who are you, who's, who are you scared of? What are you doing? You know what Rebbe Bach said to the Father Shurav? He pointed to his children and he said, this is what I'm scared of. Which You know what he's saying? I pick up my game because of my children. I know if my children don't see me daven and learn, then they're not going to daven and learn. If I don't talk refined, then my children won't talk refined. These kinder, that's who I'm scared of. I, I'll speak nicer to my wife. I mean, I, I'm a very, very friend. There are times, I want, I've said this many times, uh, my wife is tzaddikis, really. I, mean, I live with the lady. She's a tzaddikis, you know. <laughs> like, sometimes I'm blown away. She's not perfect, but she's, not, she's a lot better than I am. You know, there are times where I, where in my pettiness, I would want to say something which, uh, but you know, I won't do it. You know why? My kids are there. And they thank God they are there because it puts me into line. You know, I'm being very frank. Well, I don't want my kids to see me not give my wife the proper respect. I, you know, my kid, so sometimes I'll be a little bit of a lazy person, but my children are right there. You, would, you, would, you, would you think, you know, if you're a lady in the house, you walk around in your underpants in front of your kids? I'm not saying you should do that in your house, period. Your kids are there. Well, you think your kids are there? Hashem's are everywhere. <laughs> but your kids are there. Your children, they're going to learn from you. I, I, I remember I once heard, I wouldn't even say a, a, a lady didn't seem so high class. She was using foul out. The minute her kid used it, like, no, you better say, don't wash your mouth out. I'm like, lady, just you use that language. What do you think is going to happen to your kids? I didn't tell it to her because she probably would have said that language to me. But, uh, you know, like, your kids are there. You know what that means? That's a reminder that you have to be... People learn from you. People see you. People gain from you. Your children, right? That you should, if you're not scared of God, be scared 
of your children who will learn your lessons in life. You know, the the the, the, the always say, if you want if you want your children to to fear God and, and pray, you better do that. They're gonna pick it up from you. They're gonna learn from you. Shalom bias, harmony in the home. You know the best way for children to learn shalom bias? To see it. To see it. To see it on the parents. Shalom bias is it, it, you, you. We imitate, by the way. It's amazing how much we imitate. So, so when we're talking about outsiders, I call it the majority of people have expectations. Right? And if you have that role, if you have that role, you need to realize that's a role you have. That's an opportunity also. It's an oppor- it's an opportunity to raise our game, by the way. You know, it's an opportunity to, to, to pick ourselves up and, to, and be better, to do more, to live the life we could and should live. Um, and Rabbi Yerachim was saying this Rabbi Yerachim, he realized he was the greatest sage in Israel you know, at the time he started to spoil I can't do something any hagon you know, really a yarmulke is supposed to tell a guy where's yarmulke mean? what? it means where's yarmulke mean? you know what it means? Fear of God, Yira Malka, to fear the king. It's it, it's 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 a public thing, you know. It should say, "I'm a soldier." You know, you ever see soldiers in an army? Their their uniform, they 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 represent something. They have pride. They're, they're it's supposed to put us in line. Actually, there's a. I will get to this. I think Gemara says if you. Well, actually, we'll hold on that. No, no, we'll, we'll, we'll hold on to my next thought because we'll get the author will say it. People who look at you, if you have that, if you're in that role, you gotta live up to that role. You're a parent. You're a parent. You better be an example. You better be an example. You, I, I, I can't. The damage. I'm mean, not. I'm in a parenting class, but the damage that a parent can do on a child by not being an example is. I just someone just sent me an article about Shalom Bayis and children, parents fighting and the trauma. I mean, it's terrible trauma these kids go through. The way you talk, uh, I, you know. I remember what a wedding I did. This is an amazing thing. This is an amazing. This is an amazing sight that, that I was I was uh, around. This is at the wedding. The mother of one of the bride of the groom. Lost something, right? And she was so, already at the wedding, so tense. And another relative of the opposite side of the family, you know, took this mother around calmly, showed her, let's look, we'll find it, blah, blah, blah. So calm. And that one person was so stressed. It happens to be, I knew decently both families. The person who was so calm was, a, was a, I think it was 17 or 18 year old girl. And the mother was, was older. One's family was high tense, and this seventeen-year-old girl was so calm and so kind. Her mother was like that. She picked it up at home, right? Be calm. When, you, when, if the way you react to stress, it's screaming and tension and upsetness. You know who gets it next? It passes down generations. It passes down from generation to another because that's what the kids see at home, right? That's what people are going to see. If you know what? If 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 I mean, we're very frank. I, 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 you know, you're stuck with me as a rabbi right now. But you know, if I if I talk during davening, if I talk during davening. The the 
I can guarantee you people in the show will say, oh, the rabbi does it. The rabbi does it. You know, if, and, and quite frankly, ladies, if you come into the show and lower your tzniyas, each one of you is going to say, oh, she does it. I can do it. You know, if she, she, she goes ahead and talks during davening, I can do it too. It's not a joke. I mean, this is the world we live in. Uh, oh, she's more religious than me. She does it. I'm, I'm, I'll do it. That's how we, we, we live in that kind of uh, that world. If, if somebody is davening with Kavana next to you, it will help you daven better also. You'll raise the game. Somebody comes late, makes a lot of noise. If a guy comes, I said this before, a guy comes 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock it's a chilashem. Still better than not coming at all. But why is it close? Because everyone sees he comes, so I can come late too. So, he doesn't, so I can do it. it th- there's a chil hasham in even the things we do. According to our heightened importance and wisdom, can Roishi Yerba Zahiris Bedivra avoid the the more careful we should be, we, you know, one, one of the reasons that, um, you know, the, the presidency, again, I just want to stress, I, I like most of what he does, but he's unpresidential. I mean, you expect more from a president. You, when you hear, uh, when you, someone, you know, uses bad language. Someone uses bad language. There's a difference of, of who they are. There's a difference of who they are, how, what, what people think of bad language. You would, it's unacceptable for anyone, but I would tell you one thing. If I saw somebody I respected use bad language, I'd have a lot less respect for them. If I saw somebody who came from an, an abusive home and broken home, I, you know, I, I'd say, you know, this is where they grew up. But you look at that person, that's how they talk. If you, if you respect people, and then you see that they speak to their spouse both ways, lady to man, man to lady, and they, they denigrate their spouse. They speak poorly of them. What do you think about them? What do you, what do you, how, does that, how does that rub you? I was once on the street. I saw a guy punch a lady. Punch a puncher. What do you think I thought about the guy? Not much. Not much. The more it behooves us to, to do more, to, to live more, um, if you don't, then the divine name is desecrated. He covered a Torah. The covered a Torah. By the way, I just out of curiosity, what is Ra? What's bad in this world? What is? Wow, this is actually very important. What's Ra? What's bad? Define Ra. Not being true. Bad. If I say, well, what, what's 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 ultimately bad? What is has what's the term definition of bad in this world? To be bad to somebody. To be bad, right. So that's an act of act. yeah. But what's for us? If you had to define in your life something that's bad, what defines something that's bad in your life? You can act bad, but what's bad in our life? If I'd say, tell me something that's bad. Okay, uh, yeah, so uh, it's true. So I'll tell you what Ra in the Torah is, is to be disconnected from God. Ra in this world means a disconnect from God. Let me give you an, let me give you an example. Um, you know, when Avraham 
was told to sacrifice his son. Was that good or bad? Was it good or bad? If you're Avraham, if you would have that commandment, okay. Confusing. What? It would be confusing. It was. It would be confusing. But was it ultimately good? Of course, it was. Ultimately we were actually good. we're beneficiaries of this. We know, this. we know that everything is ultimately. No, good. no, 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 no. I'm talking. I'm talking about uh, Gamzulato. I'm talking about Ra. I mean, you know, if a person cheats on their spouse, it's not ultimately good, right? If if a person eats a Burger King, it's not ultimately good. I'm, I'm just. So, so you're, you're correct. When God, God will GPS us, you know, depending on how we act, to give us the best duration, which could be, you know, if you eat Burger King, you may need to, to have some kind of atonement later on for that. But that would be part of the good. Or God will say, whatever, I'm not going to get to that right now. But the point is, is that real raw is things that pull us away from God. And toiv are things that get us close. Because you know what? If you have a difficulty in life, if you have a difficulty, a challenge... Uh, you know, uh, a person wants to get married and they have to pray, a person has to struggle and that makes them closer to God? Is that good or bad? Good. It's good, right? It's, it's good. Right? If, it, if, if the challenge makes you closer, it's ultimately good. If it makes you farther, it's ultimately bad. Things which pull you away from God are bad. Things which bring you closer to God are ultimately good. Okay, and in life, by the way, very often it's no pain, no gain. Uh, so... Um, if if a person is mechal Hashem shamayim, that's ra. That's going to pull people away from God. That's bad. Right? That's bad. And if you sanctify him Hashem, if you're, you know, uh, that's good. You know, uh, I, I actually, you know, I told me false, and I learned them like once or twice a week. So I told me someone I said, you know. He does happen to happen to fell into a lot of chesed. I mean, it's unbelievable to do a lot of chesed. So I said, I'm positive, so it's okay for you. I said, I said, I said so you do so much chesed, of course. You know, you know they, you make people they take care of in, in a very nice way. You know, that's bringing God to the world. Giving, <laughs> giving is brings God into the world. It brings it bring it, bring, it brings good. Uh, so it's covered of terror. People want people want to be around good. It, it, it's. It, it, it inspires people to to, to, to do good. Uh, and a person, the more a person is aware of this, the more they'll pick up their game. They'll be more upright. They'll talk better. They'll, they will, they'll drive more carefully. They'll, 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 they'll be, you know, the Talmud says, if you walk around with a stain on your shirt, it's a chil Hashem. You know why? Because you can be the nicest, kindest person. If they see a big... You know, stain. What do, they, what do they think? It looks bad. They, 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 they judge, you're judged on like that. You'll you'll look out. You know, you walk outside with a sense of I gotta look. I gotta look appropriate. I gotta I gotta be appropriate to, for, for for this. You'll you'll fix yourself. The more you're deficient, you cause a disgrace to the Torah itself. If you, if one sees a, uh, a, a somebody who expects to do more, a religious Jew, um, it is it's, it causes It can turn a person off from Judaism. I, 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 I shudder. Again, as I've told many people in life, you know, the Torah is perfect and Jews are not. Hashem's <laughs> Torah is perfect. It, it's perfect. I mean. I, I, 
and, and quite frankly, it betters all people. I mean, to people, someone said to me yesterday, they came to study. A guy told me, I said, they didn't come to study. You go to the library and study. You came to learn. We learn. We learn. We improve ourselves. You know, you know, learning is different than studying. You know what studying is? If you study math, does math change your life? Not necessarily. Could, but uh, you study. You study physics. Does physics change who you are? There's a famous story of Aristotle. You know, he gave his class, and in the next day, someone caught him doing something which was vulgar and an act of moral authority. He says, "You know, I'm out of class." Bertrand Russell, by the way, a few times. Anyone know, anyone know who Bertrand Russell is? The guy was a sicko. You know, philosopher or this, but you know, so I'm not. I'm just a professor. I don't. What do you expect from me? You know, you leave. You, 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 you leave class. At the end of the day, we all we're, we expect we expect for a person to be. So, if you're a religious Jew, I said all the time. You know, Jews are Jews are, are not perfect, but you know what happens? They excuse themselves. I don't have to do this. They don't do this. I don't want to be religious. Why don't you want to be religious? Because I met this person in this neighborhood and they were disgusting. Hello? I, should I take you around the, all the neighborhoods in the world that a lot of people are disgusting? But what happens is it's, it, it, it's a turn-off. You know, I, I, when, I, when Joel Gadaz got married, I brought, I brought people... I'm trying to remember if your husband was there. I think you can. That took to Alex to Shmuel Was he there? I know Andy I took. Yeah, Andy, yeah. I, I took know. Andy and Michael Avrukin and a few other people to see if Shmuel Kamenetsky, why? They're not going to speak to him in Gemara. To see a tzaddik, you know, how, how nice or Shmuel is. Smiley, kind, holy. If you know, you, that rubs off on you. They, they, their Bokharan said that anyone who would have seen the Chavetz Chaim could never believe in evolution. Because you see such a person, you can't believe that man came from ape, forgetting the, all the arguments. And you want to, there's Kisham. If a person walks around with a big beard and payas and talks like a bum, it's a turn off. Or cuts you off in line, it's a turn off. That's a chil Hashem. If a person walks around with a big beard and payas and it's nice and friendly, says Shalom Aleichem, how are you? But that's Kisham. It just brings Hashem. And I want you to know everyone in this room. You in this room are the Rebitsons of the Bay Area. Nothing less. Each one of you, without exception, to an extent in your surroundings, amongst your friends and family, are the Gadol Hador at some level. To some people, everyone in this room, without exception, have people that look up to them as the most religious person that they know. As the holy person, as the religious person. Just telling you seriously. Or the fanatic. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I told, uh, uh, absolutely. And, and you know what? You can change their impression to an extent if you're a nice fanatic or a, or, or, or a reasonable fanatic. And I always try to tell people I'm, I'm a nice fanatic, right? Uh, or an intelligent. Um, at the end of the day, you know. I, whenever I'm in certain crowds, I'll purposely um, uh, put out a lot of secular knowledge. You know why? Because they never expect it. They think, ah, I, I, this rabbi knows Talmud. He knows nothing, you know, nothing but anything else. And you know, why would I do that? Not for my own. I don't need to, to showboat. I mean, there's plenty of people who know a lot more. I, because I want them to realize that... You're a regular, ordinary 
No, no, no. I'm to realize that you can be religious and have just as much knowledge as they could. You know, I mean, not right. I mean, that the, 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 the Torah it can only better a person. You know, and they can't realize that. Like at the end of the day, they imagine that you have to be like a monk. Like you know, monks are cloistered in some some monastery somewhere, and, and it's it's untouchable for them. Um, you know, I I almost always tell Bali or Bali Bali or Bali's tshuva to interact with your family. Usually I tell them, first two, three years you become religious, you know, you have to be, get your, know yourself. But after that, you should be normal, interact, you know, impact. You, you're, besides, besides Kirov, just to be a kid of Hashem. You're their cousin. You're their sister. You're their, you're their, you're their aunt. Why would you not want to have a relationship with them? They'll think you're, you know, you'll impact. They'll, they'll see you're normal and you're friendly, and and you can really have a positive, you know, you know a positive influence on, on people. Um, but if you don't, if you we don't realize again, I want you to know. I say this without blinking. Every one of you, every one of you are in certain circles the gadol, the rebbets in hador, right? You you know. Um, you're the most religious in your family. You're the religious person they know. You're the religious Israeli. You're just French person, Russian. You know, you're you're the one who keeps kosher. You're the one who keeps Shabbos. You're the one. Blah, 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 blah. Well, you, the expectations for you are higher, certainly religiously, but even but even but even character traits, even how you draw. Tell those religious men to be quiet back there. <laughs> Don't tell them to Just tell them to interrupt the class. She's good at that, by the way. Um, but you, you know what? At the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's an opportunity for us to be better. Uh, you know, to, to raise our game and to have tremendous merits for ourselves. Listen, um, why? Because Hashem gave us a Torah. And to, re- to, to become better people. And when we're thinking about Kiddush and Chal Hashem, the, I, there's a mandate to be a Kiddush Hashem in this world. For all of us. We, the more we know that we're ambassadors, the more we appreciate the fact. You know what it also does? You know what a great ambassador is? What's a great ambassador? A great ambassador loves their country. They're motivated to be a great ambassador because they believe in the cause. If you're an ambassador for a, a terrible country, you're embarrassed. Right? You don't do a good job. If you're a great ambassador, you love your country. You're pa- I, I, I know myself. You know, certain things I'm passionate about, I can be. I can represent great. If I'm not passionate about it. I'm. Yeah, right. We all we're all like that. Right? If you love something, the more we want to be a kiddush Hashem. The more we'll love Hashem, the more we'll pick up our game. It's a tremendous opportunity to look around and to realize we make a difference. You make a difference. How you act, how you talk, you know, when you deal with people, if you're friendly to people, if you invite people, if you're courteous to people, it makes a difference for them and it'll make a difference for you and I. And if we take this lesson, I'm telling you, it could change our, change our whole lives. It changes, 
it changes our lives to be a Jew who wants to be a Kiddush Hashem in this world. To want to bring HaKadosh Baruch more in this world because not only do we bring Hashem more to other people, ultimately bring Hashem more to ourselves. Ultimately, that allows us to recognize Hashem more and more in our own life and it has impacts ourselves first and foremost. Okay? Ladies, thank you very much. Thank you.